This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawn Forge pouch, this is episode 280 of the Shattered Soulstone PTR Update. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulstonebooks2020. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, tablet, or phone. It is October 23, 2020, very early in the morning once again, and this is Jen. And as always, I'm going to start out with my week in gaming, which I feel like I got a lot done, but it doesn't sound like I got a lot done, and I'll explain that now. I tried once again to get into the PTR after the update, which I will talk about the PTR update in a little bit, and I was able to get the PTR to load, and it found my characters that I'd copied over a while back trying to get into the PTR. I could see all of my characters, and I picked one, and tried to get into the game. I got back to that loading screen that sticks for the most part, but it was showing the little red dots going across the bottom of the screen that indicates something is happening back there somewhere where you can't see it, you know, wherever. And I was unable to get in. I got a brand new message this time, a brand new error message for me anyway, and it popped up and said, Blizzard services are down for maintenance. Please check server status page for more information. Parentheses code 33. There was a link to click on on the part that said server status, so I clicked on it. And it took me right back to Blizzard's information about the PTR update. Which didn't say anything about server status. So I have no idea what happened with that. And it was frustrating. I keep trying to get into the PTR. I followed everything Blizzard has said to do in order to get into the PTR, and I still can't get in, so... I gave up. My assumption is going to be that they were still updating something on the PTR at the time that I tried to access it, because I tend to play Diablo really early in the morning, especially if I'm recording my gameplay, which I almost always am. I live uh, in a place that's very noisy. I have some noisy neighbors, so I don't want any of that to pick up in a podcast or a gameplay podcast or any of those things. So I end up playing at weird hours, and this could explain why the server was down for the PTR for me at that moment. I don't know. 
I'm not sure anybody else had that exact uh, error message pop up, but I did, and I just, I feel like I am doomed to never be able to enter the PTR. It just never works for me, and I don't know if it's a Mac thing or not. I honestly don't know. So, instead of trying to get the PTR to do what it's supposed to, I just started playing Diablo 3 some more because that was fun. <laughs> and it's always fun for me to do that. Even when I'm a little frustrated by, you know, other aspects of the Diablo game, like the PTR or whatever. So, I started out with 22 Paragon points when I started playing this week, and I got a couple of things done. I'm still working on the season journey and I'm working through chapter four. My goal right now is just to finish chapter four before the season ends and then I'll get the pet and the portrait. I don't have the pet. I'm certain of that. I don't know if they have the portrait. I haven't looked the portrait frame thing, but it looks kind of cool. So I'd like to get that as well. And since I haven't finished chapter four yet, I don't have a full set of the freebie set, which for Barbarians is Might of the Earth set, so I have four pieces. It's a six piece. I'm trying. I'm also still using parts of the Demon Skin set, I think it is, that gives you some amount of sort of a boost when you're killing things that are actually labeled as demons. But I've also removed some of those pieces to replace them with better items that aren't part of a set, so I'm not sure if I'm even getting that anymore. In any case, I'm kind of stuck. And this is my typical build through at least chapter four. I kind of call it the thrift store build, where you just try anything you can. You find it, you go, well, this will fit. Okay, let's see how this works. And then you replace it later with something else. That's kind of how I work because I don't typically have a ton of time to play. And it's for a lot of reasons I've already talked about. So that's where I started this week with 22, 22, 22 Paragon, I think it was. And uh, yeah, so that's where I started. The first thing I did was um, a greater rift. And or did I start with a Nephilim rift? Let me take a look at this a little closer. I take notes because I won't remember all these things otherwise. Um, oh, okay, the first thing I actually did was to finish the objective that requires you to give the jeweler five recipes. And the way I did that was I was under the assumption that perhaps I'd already given him at least one or two recipes, but I couldn't remember how many. And I knew that you get recipes for the jeweler and the blacksmith through bounties. And right now, as has been for a while now, the... Season gives you double bounty caches if you complete a set of bounties. So I thought I had pretty good odds of maybe getting enough recipes for the jeweler. And I did. I got two. And they were for leveling up different jewels to a higher level of jewel. And I took them over to the jeweler and he was able to accept them. It wasn't uh, duplicates or anything like that but I didn't get the objective completed. So that meant I had definitely put two in there. I'd given the jeweler two recipes. I thought maybe I had one more, but I couldn't confirm it because I just didn't keep track. So I figured I gotta get three more. Well, how am I gonna do that? Well, one option is to run a bunch of bounties again, and I just didn't feel like doing that right away after having run a set of, I don't know if you remember which act it was. It might've been three. So I think it was three. I didn't want to do four, and I didn't want to do five right then, so I figured, all right, what I'm going to do 
So I'm going to go to Act 2. And instead of doing bounties, I'm going to go talk to Squirt the Peddler, the little girl that stands in the uh, hidden camp and uh, will buy your stuff that you don't want after you get out of a greater rift or a Nephilim rift or whatever else. And she's got two extremely expensive recipes. One is for uh, an amulet and one is for a ring. And to build these recipes, you have to get a bunch of other stuff that I'll talk about in another show if I get to that point before the season ends. But they're just two recipes and they are specifically for the jeweler. I had a ton of gold because I did the uh, challenge rift before season... well, not before, obviously, but like early on in season 21. So I had a bunch of gold from that, and then I got the... I think it's Sakura shoulders, I think that's it off the top of my head. The one where you wear it, or you put it in the cube, you cube it and get the same benefit as if you were wearing it, that makes your items that you're wearing indestructible. And the, you know, if you're using weapons, then that too. So I had a lot of gold built up and I spent a lot of it on those two recipes. Walked over to the jeweler and thought, okay, this is either gonna work or it's not. I know I've given them two. I don't know if I've given him more than two. Here are two, let's see what happens. And I gave him one of those and the objective popped right up just like that. So I didn't need to buy both of them, but I had no way of knowing it without you know, writing it down because I just don't pay that much attention to little things like how many recipes did I give the jeweler or the blacksmith? So I gave him the other recipe as well because what else am I gonna do with it? It's only good for the jeweler. And then if I get the items needed for those recipes, then I can you know, go from there. But that was enough for me as far as that objective. It was done. I don't have to do it again this season. And, you know, I could move on. So I did. And for chapter four, you need to start working on Torment 1, which I hadn't done yet at all this entire season with this character. And so I thought, okay, well, let's see if my hardcore barbarian is big enough to do a Torment 1 uh, Nephilim Rift. Because you gotta do one of those. So I did. And it took forever to do. It took a really long time. And I know that the Nephilim Rifts aren't on a timer, which was good for me because... I could complete it, get that objective done, and not have to worry about, oh, I've been in here too long, I'm going to have to try again, that kind of thing. So I got that done, that's out of the way. I think the next thing I did was I had some Greater Rift keys. I think that's the right way to say it. And so I started doing some Greater Rifts, and I just started at level 1, which is hard difficulty. Level one through like four, I think, is hard difficulty. And I thought, if I start here, I will definitely get at least a gem at the end. I'm very likely to finish it on time to get a gem at the end, plus all the other goodies you get if you finish it before the timer is over. And that was the plan, was to just get the gems, slowly level them up, slowly move up the greater rifts as I go, depending on how well I do. And that's what I did. And I got, um, I can't remember the name of the first gem you get. It's the same one everybody gets as a first gem. It's kind of a little teardrop shaped thing, can't remember. Maybe it's different for different classes, but that's the one I always get first. And then I got uh, 
I did, let's see, started level one, got that one, Greater Rift level one, did Greater Rift level two, and I got the kind of purpley gem that was put into the game after whichever season it was that gave players extra bonuses for wearing ancients. And the purpose of putting it into the game was so you could use that gem when you do a Greater Rift 20 solo, either hardcore or softcore. I'm playing hardcore, so that's what I'll be doing. And that way it gave you the same benefit as that the buff from that particular season did. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to level this one up a little bit more and, and make that as powerful as I can until I get to Greater Rift 21. Or 20, actually. Um, so that was the plan. I kept going. I got... Uh, I ran out of Greater Rift Keystones, did another Torment 1 Nephilim Rift. That one went a little bit better, a little bit faster. And I don't think with those I even came close to dying any time through. I'd have to look back at the videos, because I do, as I said, take videos of my gameplay, and then I put it up as a podcast first, and then on YouTube. So you can check it out if you want to know uh, how good or bad I was doing. You can find it that way. The... Both of those right now I'm behind on adding content to, but the content's there. I just need to find time to put it. So I did that, um, and then I started running some Greater Rifts. I think I stopped on... I think Greater Rift 6 might have been the highest one I did. No, I didn't. There's there's more. Okay, so I got through to, to level 6. Somewhere before level 6... I think before level 5, even, I was still on the hard ones, I got my first Ancient of the season in Season 21, and it is the Chillanx Chain, and it's a belt, and it gives you more strength and vitality and life than the legendary version of it that I was actually already wearing, and I got this from Kadala, and that was quite a surprise. I, I'm pretty sure it was from Kadala. I might be wrong, but I know this is the first ancient I got this season at all. And it was a pretty good belt. You get 35% extra gold from monsters, which seemed really good after I spent a ton of gold trying to finish the thing with the jeweler. And it increases, like if you use Warcry, it's supposed to increase stuff with that, which I knew and then kept playing and forgot to switch that skill in. So I'm going to have to remember to do that. And then I finished a Greater Rift level 5 and a Greater Rift level 6. And each one, like, all between all of these, my best score for finishing was around 9 minutes and like 30-some seconds. And my worst was 12 minutes. And <laughs> it's still counting because I think you get up to 15. But it just felt like I'm kind of inefficient still. And even with the Ancient I was using and even with... Uh, being able to socket some of these gems, you know, I think I put the the first gem that whose name I can't remember I put that into a ring and You know even with these little bits. It's like I'm kind of just able to do where I'm at, but I don't see a path right now towards Going higher in the greater rifts, which I'm gonna need to do and it's all just gonna depend on gear and how long I decide to grind through the rifts and how much time I have left in the season really because I don't think they've announced when season 21 will end so I'm just gonna assume I have time for it and play whenever I can. So I also continued on I did another 
Nephilim Rift on Torment 1, and I'm getting a little better at that. Somehow, it might have been the Ancient that helped a little bit. It wasn't a huge difference, it was a subtle difference, and... I figure it'll get faster as I get better at things, at least as far as Torment 1 goes with the Nephilim Rifts. It might be a good one to farm for me for now. One thing I noticed while I was running through the Greater Rifts and the Nephilim Rift, but the Greater Rifts especially, was something I've heard other players talk about that was a problem, and it has to do with the buffs in the game. If you get the snowball buff that just pops out, like first the thing that happens is the sky, I guess for lack of a better word, in the rift sort of darkens and you can see this snow effect coming down. And depending on what the terrain is in that rift, it's really hard to see the enemies. And I did not notice any of this when I was doing just bounties or just running around in game or whatever, but it was really noticeable in the greater rifts. And I'm not sure why that is, but I could tell. So this was the first moment where I was like, okay, now I see what all these other players that move much faster through Diablo in a season than I possibly ever will. I know what they're talking about now and I get it. I understand. Yeah, it was a problem. I have no idea if it was a problem during the PTR 421 because I just simply didn't get in there at all. I didn't even try. I was too busy with other stuff. But I see it now. And now every time that buff comes up and I'm in a rift, I'm like, okay, where's the monsters? Because I know that one's going to block my vision. And I don't think that was intended. I don't think something that was supposed to be a buff was intended to, like, make it harder for players to find the enemies before the enemies find them and kill them. So I think right now, having just experienced that, I think perhaps that could have used a little tweaking if they're going to do this type of thing again with that particular buff. That's the one I noticed that I had problems with as far as, like, you have to be able to see the monsters. I mean, what are you going to do otherwise? So after I did the one with the snow effect a couple of times, I ended that rift on Paragon 32, moving right along, I suppose, and level 6 Greater Rift gave me a green ring. It turned out to be the Wailing Host, which is part of a set. The two pieces together work nicely for different reasons. I only have one, so I'm only getting part of the benefit of that. But the cool thing was it is it, it came with its own socket, and I didn't have to go fight the Mystic for it and run out of resources trying. So I stuck another gem into that one and carried on. I got through Greater Rift 7 on Master Difficulty and I struggled with it and I was behind the timer a lot. And for a while I thought, there's no way I can do this. And it seems strange because I've done Nephilim Rifts on Master Difficulty and wasn't having a whole lot of trouble with that. It did take a long time, but I wasn't struggling like I felt like I was doing. And I got to this point where I was killing smaller monsters kind of slower than I would have liked and struggling a bit with the bigger monsters. And I just kind of thought, all right, well, what do streamers do? What do streamers that typically play a lot of Diablo 3, how do they do this? And I remember seeing various streamers, instead of going for a clear, which I typically have been doing in every freaking rift, whether it was a Nephilim Rift or a Greater Rift, instead of trying to kill off all the itty-bitty monsters in your path, you just run right for the big ones and kill those 
and then you get all of the little circles that drop that makes the timer bar uh, well, the timer bar keeps moving on its own pace, but it makes it fills in that bar, so you get ahead of that timer, and it worked really good. And I was very surprised because I thought if I'm struggling with these little ones, how am I going to fight like a mob? Like how am I going to jump in to a yellow monster with a bunch of minions and a ton of Apexes and make that work? And it just works. It just worked out. So I think I learned something there that hadn't clicked for me in all the previous seasons, and I think that's going to increase my ability to move up in the greater rifts. I'm not looking for leaderboard or anything like that. Right now, as I said, my goal is just finish chapter four and I'll figure out the rest from there. But I got it done, which is kind of surprising. And I'm glad that I thought to do that. I'll definitely remember to do that again because it was helpful. And that rift, uh, greater, seven, greater Rift 7 um, Master Difficulty, I cleared it in a little over 10 minutes. But when I started, I was trying to clear away all the little bitty monsters before I go into, you know, attack the big ones. If I decide instead, if I do Greater Rift 7 again, or if I do Greater Rift 8, I'm going to go for the big monsters and see what happens. And I think I'll be a bit more successful. And that's basically my week in gaming, and I'm going to attempt to... Um, keep that up and make some more videos and actually post them somewhere for people to check out if they want to as I go but like I said I'm I've fallen behind on it and I haven't quite worked out how to fit my gaming around podcasting Soulstone and I have not figured out at all how to podcast episodes of Shattered Soulstone and still do some of my other podcasts that I was working on before so we'll see it's a learning curve but I'll get there eventually, so there's that. Let's talk about the PTR that I can't get into. <laughs> it's almost funny to me now, it's like one of those where you're just so frustrated you just start laughing. and That's just where I'm at with the PTR. I will try it again when they might not be doing maintenance. We'll see what happens. Tune in next week to find out. Okay, so the PTR 2.6.10 has had an update on October 21st was the most recent update for this thing and the information on it says a new PTR patch has been implemented and PTR playtesting has been extended to October 27th. I'm recording this very early in the morning on the 23rd so that's a few days from now and then I guess they're going to stop at the 27th. It says that there are item changes, seasonal updates, and bug fix details that have been updated. And some of this, they, I think they've put it in red. There's been, this is like the third update. There was one on the 8th where they annotated some of the updates in red. There was one on the 14th where I assume they did the same thing, um, where they said that they have been enabling and disabling certain points of the seasonal theme, trying to get it to work, and now we're at the 21st with this. I mean, it's not the 21st anymore, but that's the last update on the PTR thing. So I'm going to kind of like scroll through this a little bit. And again, you know, keep in mind that I can't get into the darn PTR, so I don't really have a lot of things to say about exactly how it's working because I'm not able to get in there. I'm hoping I will, but what they changed as far as I can tell... First, they're talking about the seasonal stuff. And one of the things they've written in red is we appreciate it and we appreciate and gathered feedback regarding the initial list of skills from the clones. We have decided to remove all hard crowd control effects from all all kits 
and balanced each of the build variants to not have a potential buff that is more beneficial than the other two in the same class. There's another developer's note that says adjusted seasonal themes, shadow clone damage numbers, and they can now move unhindered through enemies. Damage numbers should now be more even across all classes. So that's a class balancing one, but also sort of a clone variation balancing one together and I'm not sure exactly when they did that but it's in red so I'm just gonna like roll with it and if you want to know more about the details they've got it all laid out for build variation one two and three of the shadow clones for each and every class that you might want to play it's for all the classes you know you're gonna want to play at least one of them so that's a change they also changed um, some items there's a new item called Gelmendor's Marrow Guards it's I think this is for the Necromancer. It says Bone Spear cast from Simulcrums, if I, or is it Simulacrums? I don't know which way that goes. They no longer deal 400 to 500% damage. They now deal 300 to 400% increased damage, so that's a nerf. There's a developer's note under it. We will see how strong this is performing. We would like to tweak it back a bit a little for now, meaning that's why they knocked it back a bit. There's a twi the Twisted Sword. This one is described as the Twisted Sword energy twister damage is increased by 125 to 150% for each energy twister you have out up to a maximum of 5. The Raging Storm rune is automatically applied to the energy twister and allows the tornado to merge with three additional energy twisters. Unfortunately, this item is not available with the PTR vendor. Uh, with the PTR vendor dank meme, D-J-A-N-K-M apostrophe EM or something like that. Uh, the big Khosra looking guy. At least it was way back the last time I got into a PTR. And there's a developer's note on that one. And it says, we want to address the lag situation of multiple energy twisters doing AOE by allowing them to continue up to five while dealing with their combined damage. We will monitor the situation and see if this is the correct approach. So they're working on it. There's um, Thorns of the Invoker. The two-piece bonus uh, is, has been decreased from 350% to 90% and has a cap of 10 stacks. Six-piece bonus increased from 15,000% to 67,500% and increased attack speed bonus from 50 to 100%. So some of that's a buff, some of that's a nerf. The descriptor with the the description with the developer's note says this is to address the bombardment build that crusaders have been tearing across the board. <laughs> okay, uh, we've severely nerfed the two-piece and compensated with the six-piece. We also thought about extending the duration of the buff past two seconds, but rather, but we rather change a couple of things first rather than too many things to see how things play out. There's one for the witch doctor that got changed, Monajuma's way. This descriptor of this item is angry chicken explosion damage increased from 400% to 2000%. But the red note next to it says, Mana Juma's Way now includes a third legendary Aphex, which allows angry chicken to spawn a chicken that seeks enemies every second that deals 25% of angry chicken's explosion damage. The developer's note says the build wasn't clearing T16 as fast as we want, so we wanted to give it more juice in an interesting way. There is another new item that's been added. It's Ursa's Trodden Effigy, new Witch Doctor Legendary Mojo, buffing Zombie Charger 100 to 150 percent 
and spawning more zombie bears. Unfortunately, this item is not available with PTR vendor Dank Meme. So there's that, and the developer's note says more bears, basically. <laughs> more comma bears. Uh, so there's that. There's an Uliana Stratagem set. I think that's for the monk. It now has 77% damage reduction for 7 seconds after applying Exploding Palm. The developer's note says this set needed damage reduction much more than a damage boost, so we'll see where this takes it. Blade of the Tribes, uh, that one's described as war cry and threatening shout, cause an avalanche and earthquake. Avalanche and earthquake both deal 150 to 200% increased damage. That's a barbarian one. That's gotta be, because I know those skills really well, and that's the one I play. The red notes here say consolidated Blade of the Tribes Earthquake Aphex into new legendary Aphex so that it's no longer two Aphexes that buff Earthquake. The developer's note says this item had a standard Aphex that boosted Earthquake up to 200% along with a legendary Aphex that boosted Avalanche and Earthquake. We've combined those two, which means also buffing Avalanche at the same time. So it's kind of a buff and a nerf kind of thing. Then there's the bug fixes, and the one that makes me most interested here is one that says, fixed an issue with PC Windows 32, parentheses 32-bit, and Mac OS clients crashing. Please share any issues of our PTR bug on our PTR bug report section. Now, I haven't done that yet, because by the time I get there going, hey, is anybody else, you know, having trouble because they're on a Mac and they can't get in, I see all these other people saying that, and I'm like, all right. They've already heard it. There's some more bug fixes. Fixed wizard spike to more properly proc frozen orb. Uh, simulacrums. Casting grim scythe with haunted visions no longer gains double benefit from Trigul's corroded fang. Currently bugged on the PTR. That's what it says in parentheses, that part. Blessed hammer will now destroy itself after hitting 63 objects, I think it says. 63. I think... I'm not really good with numbers, and this is like red text on a black background, which messes with my dyslexia really bad, but you get the idea. There's a piece crossed out. The part that's crossed out says, Reduced the tick rate of energy twister by half and doubled its damage. Parentheses. Currently looking into improving this, and that's all crossed out. And below it, it says, Reverted energy twister's tick rate and damage back to normal, which is 0.5 seconds per tick. Another bug fix, fixed legacy items stacking with the new items from this PTR. Uh, it's the following, Gundo Gear, Blade of the Tribes, Scrimshaw, Bell of the Trove, Mortal Damage, Winter Flurry, Wizard Spike, Etched Sigil, and Fragment of Destiny. And the last thing in this part of it is fixed Necromancer's pets doing extra damage to cursed enemies from a bug caused by the original fix for Haunted Visions plus Trigul's Corroded Fang. So that's what's been fixed. If you haven't gotten into the PTR yet and you really want to, you s potentially still can until I think it was the 27th of October. And there is descriptions in the PTR notes, which I will link to in the Shattered Soulstone notes on the website, that show you how to participate in the PTR and how to copy your characters. I got that far with it, so you probably will be able to as well, no matter what you're playing on whether it's a PC or a Mac, and then you might be able to get in and actually try some of this stuff out and see how it goes and maybe be able to provide good feedback. And by good feedback, I don't mean only tell them the things you like. And I don't mean yell about all the things you're mad about. 
it has to be a balance. It's, this is something I learned when I was in high school and I was doing art classes. I do have a degree in art education now, but one of the things you learned how to do was provide a proper critique. And so that meant you pick out something that you like when you're talking about other people's work. And this was like harsh too, because what you had to do is put up your artwork that you weren't too sure about and let all of your classmates look at it and then make comments about it, which you can respond to if you want to. And so they generally pick out, hey, I like this thing you did over here with the way those colors blend. That was really good. And then you'd say, but maybe you could have worked a little bit harder on that other thing and developed it more so it stood out or something like that, where it's not an insult and it's not saying this sucks. It's saying this is what needs work. That's kind of, I think, what the Blizzard team is looking for when they're asking people to post comments on the forums about the PTR. And if you can give them, you know, quality criticism, both good and bad, I think that's going to make everything better for the next season. So that's just something to keep in mind if that's a new concept for you. All right, and we're moving right along. So other than that, there's a couple of things from the Diablo community that you can check out. And a couple of podcasts did do a new episode. The Danctuary podcast released episode four on October 17th, and they talk about season 22 PTR. And the people involved on that one are Anna Cake, Bloodshed, Rex, Rexantarax, Riker, and the Pea Child. So that's who's on there, and they do talk about you know the public test realm and, and this sort of thing. And the other podcast, that's a Diablo-focused podcast that also talks about World of Warcraft 2, is Hearthstone to Hell, and that's with Greed and Shazam. So you guys that have been listening to Shattered Soulstone for quite some time, you know who they are. You probably know many of the people on the Danctuary podcast, and it that one is a rotating cast of who's going to be in there. And I've caught a little bit of various shows, and this is like a group where if you really want to know what's going on in Diablo and have some really thought-out opinions to listen to, that's a really good one to go to. If you want to hear more from Greed and Shazam, who I think work really good together as podcasting hosts or co-hosts, you can do that too at Hearthstone to Hell, and they have episode 3 released not that long ago. I want to say October 6th, maybe? Maybe that's not right, but recently. And in this one, they talk about how the pre-patch went and their issues with what was going on in the PTR Tuesday and Wednesday. They also talk about the movies they watched this week, as well as electric car news and their thoughts on Ford and Chrysler's future. So that's what's going on with Hearthstone to Hell. And I didn't really look to see if any of the other podcasts had released a new episode because usually I'll see that on Twitter and I didn't see anything there, so I didn't mention it. But, like, some of the people involved in West March Workshop, uh, Leviathan and Nineball, they do end up on Danctuary from time to time, so you can find them there. And I just think it's cool that there's, like, new Diablo podcasts to talk about and listen to and all that kind of thing, so that's pretty neat. And there was a thing I watched, uh, I do watch some of Riker's videos. I don't watch all of everybody's videos because I just can't keep up. I'm way behind on everything all the time. And I watched one of his videos where he was talking about different things, different games obviously, but some of them had to do with Diablo. And the one thing I'm going to pull from that 
is there is a post on Reddit that says former Diablo 3 CM Veyflare returns to the Diablo Legacy team as a 3D artist. And Veyflare actually tweeted about this. It's at K Lacrone. And uh, Kay LaCrone wrote, The minions of hell grow stronger. I've returned to Sanctuary. I've joined the Diablo Legacy team as a 3D artist and am thrilled to take up an artistic role in a franchise that means so much to me. And Vayflare, I think is how you say it. Let's see, which one? Which name are we going by? Probably Vayflare. Um, the at is at Kay LaCrone. And they posted two pictures of some art of a really neat looking little demon that I think is very cool. So there's that. Now, part of what Riker was talking about, and I will recommend you go and find his uh, episode where he was mentioning this, because he can explain it better than me. But the gist of it seems to be that there's a Diablo Legacy team. Like, did you know there was a Diablo Legacy team? I didn't know there was a Diablo Legacy team. So the question becomes, like, okay, so you've got... You've got Diablo 4 team. We've got Diablo Immortal team. One would think if they were going to consider Diablo as legacy, Diablo 3 as legacy, maybe the legacy team is what's keeping Diablo 3 going. Perhaps it's also encompassing Diablo 2, because I know once in a while those get some kind of updates and somebody's keeping it going. Diablo 1, I haven't seen a whole lot about. I'm fairly certain you can find it on, I think it's GOG, good old, good old games, maybe, that only plays on a PC, uh, which Diablo 1 did. And the Darkening of Tristram event in Diablo 3 that happens every January, that feels very much like the original Diablo. So, but that would be part of Diablo 3, so that's at least a couple of things that would be in the legacy team of Diablo, but what else are they going to add? Like, what else are they going to maybe bring back or update or redo kind of stuff? And it's kind of hard to say, but it's, it's neat that it exists because it makes it sound like maybe someday some of these will play on a Mac, or maybe they'll get a graphics update to make them more playable because if you've ever if you've gone back to the original Diablo even a couple years back even slightly before Diablo 3 came out and you replayed the original Diablo the pixelation is just so it at the time it looked cool but from that viewpoint years later it looked very well pixelated and hard to focus on and this sort of thing and if they could like you know straighten that up a bit more maybe even a bit more than what they did with Darkening of Tristram release it as a game again that's a possibility and I know there's some expansions and stuff with D2 and all of that that maybe could have something going on and this is entirely speculation the only thing we know for certain is there is a Diablo legacy team and that Veyflare is going to do some art for it which is really cool so that's probably all I have to talk about for this one. This went a little bit longer than I anticipated because it did and because I was trying to explain the PTR and that sort of thing. So with that I'm gonna go ahead and end the show and then I'll see you next time around. You have been listening to episode 280 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. 
Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash soulstone. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as on the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulStone.com. Since I have been hosting again recently from that point on, no one has sent an email at all whatsoever, so maybe sending emails isn't the cool way to talk to podcasters anymore and get your thoughts onto the show. I don't know. I haven't seen anything other than spam, which is just kind of disheartening. It's just like, oh, there's emails. But no, they're just spam. They're trying to sell me stuff, and I don't want to buy it. So if you really do have something to say about like the PTR or your experience in-game or some cool piece of gear you found or whatever, you can send it to at sh- uh, show at shatteredsoulstone.com, and if I get it, I'll read it on the show. We love Twitter. Come and join and tweet with us. You can find the show Twitter at Shattered Stone. And my Twitter is at Onkamov, which is the name of one of my D&D characters in a campaign that has since ended. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at www.thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone, over 279 episodes for your listening pleasure. Dawn Forge! Woo! This podcast is part of the Dawn Forge Network. Copyright 2020.